When you get to a place where there's a lot of noise and the noise goes away, it's a bit confusing because you think there's something missing, right? Yes. Or if you're in a bad relationship and they move out, you still kind of miss them, even though yeah. you know that's stupid. Yeah. That's yeah. what stress is like. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm very excited. We have a health specialist, a stress specialist in the house with us today. Um, it's Gita Sidhu Rob. I hope I said that correctly. You did. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, now more than ever, this concept around stress, but also around um, our bodies, our health, movement, food, nutrition, it seems to be more important than ever. And as you know, I come from the kind of mental health perspective, but people seem to forget that what we eat and how we look after ourselves has, you know, has an impact on everything. So tell us just a little bit about what you do uh, and what inspires you, I guess, to do it. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I was going to say um, there's like three things in that. Firstly, it's really hard for people to understand that stress impacts your physical age to the max. That's the one thing that impacts how you age, use your nutrients, use your... Pro it's, it's literally like sitting in a car and pressing the accelerator and the brake at the same time. Which makes a horrific noise, doesn't it? Yeah, makes yeah. a horrific noise, runs through the petrol very quickly when you get nowhere, and runs down the car extremely quickly. So that's the thing to think about. That stress is the predicator that destroys everything the fastest, right? It's, the run rate is extremely high. Um, what I do is I'm an ex-corporate lawyer um, and my, my mother says I went into catering. I, it's not quite true <laughs> because she's so annoyed I gave up being a lawyer. But what I do is I run a health and wellness business called Nosh Detox. And what we do is we create personalized health programs for people over 40 essentially. Now, I don't care how old you are, but ultimately when these things start to show up is over the age of 40. And primarily just as a result of that, my clients tend to be women, but you know, we, we're, we're non-discriminatory on that basis. So we're like, you're cool. You anybody's health problems are welcome in the door. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is that people um, come in the door usually because they are, it, it always is, oh, I'm, I'm too fat, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and They'll come in the door for that and they will say, you know, help me. And we create a personalized program for them or we are, you just choose the one that you want. We're easy either way. Um, and we then make the program and then we deliver the program to your door. So you make, you actually make the food and then it's a you delivery food, service. We make the drink. We have IV drips. We do testing. So we do everything, the health concierge approach, everything within the health space we do and then we deliver it. And then once that part's, effectively done we move on to the next level of um we offer the coaching of you know this is how to make your lifestyle changes here's how to get balance in your life and we kind of go down that road as well 
So there's something funny about the, I'm turning 40 this year. So oh, in July, I'm turning 40. Um, and it's funny how you say that's when the impacts start to show up of a stressful life. But also, it feels like that's when your habits of how you live your life are pretty fixed, right? So you've been doing, maybe been in the workforce for now 15, 20 years, whatever it might be. Um, and it can be really hard to change those habits. The thing about... Um you know, when you're turning 40, it's really, really hard to understand that that is a watershed because you don't, we don't go through life like that. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those times where everything starts to stick and everything starts to shift because the stuff that's actually sticking is the fact that this is how I do things. This is who I am. And for women, this is phenomenally different because this is the age when we feel we're allowed to tell the world to go shag itself and to actually stand up for what we think because this is not at all how women are brought up. This so it true. takes us till about that age for us to be able to think, sod off, no. I'm sure the word no hardly crosses our bloody mouths until we get past the age of 40. That's why it's quite such a big deal. And that's why I focus very much on it because I know that it's around that stage that women will be interested in thinking, hang on, I'm worth investing in. Until then, we just don't think it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're investing in others, children, relationships, all the, all the things. That's that our, that's our default to. setting. It's our default setting. It's our conditioned, right? To give to others. We are brought up. The interesting thing about being brought up Indian is that you are taught to be submissive. I mean, it didn't work so well with me, but I was taught it. Um, but what's interesting with women in the West is that as Western women, we don't think we're taught to do that. So we can't overtly fight it. Yeah. But we are so conditioned to put everybody but us first. Now, I know that was my job. So I told them be to sort of because I know it was my job and I really fought it, but it is my conditioning and it is your conditioning. We just don't know that. Well, absolutely. Well, mine's double conditioned like you because I was born in a religious cult. So that we were definitely told all sorts of things about how we should be. So it allowed me to have a bit more of that fight. But I guess the sneaky thing is even feminism, right? Which is equality, but it actually often means, rightly or wrongly, that women are take, still taking the lion's share of the housework, the kids, the, all the things. And having the top legal career, running their own business as I do, um, and doing all the things all at the same time. So it's just like we've moved up a level. Yeah, I mean, I stopped, being, I stopped fighting for feminism when it became about responsibility. You know, because for me, I'm kind of like, I, I mean, how do you not be a feminist, really? But it, it's, I, and I love, it, for me, it's encapsulating this phrase. In the old days, you would have a baby and then give birth to the baby and somebody would help you look after the baby. They would either pay your bills or you provide you with a home or they would do something. These days, you have a baby, you give birth to the baby and you get to pay all the baby's bills too. You get to do it all. Yay, progress, right? Progress. Um, what do you say to the people, and I would have been this person a few years ago, that says, well, a bit of stress is good for us. It's kind of the world that we live in. It can push us to, be our, to, to achieve our potential. It kind of drives us. When you've got that deadline, you might push further than perhaps you would if you didn't have it. So what do you say about like healthy stress, if there is such a thing? And what you're talking about is like stress that's being the predicator of pretty much everything evil in a way in our bodies and our minds. I think you are, um, when you are saying things like that, you are under, um, your underlying issue is you don't understand drive versus stress. Mm. 
Now, drive is the thing that pushes you and it actually comes from a really lovely place inside you. It comes from your ambitions and it's your definition of who you are. And hormonally as a woman, it still comes from estrogen. Being a driven woman does not take away from my femininity and it allows me to honor my hormonal balance. And estrogen kind of does this. So I can be driven as a human, but that is driven at home, at work, and everything that I do. Stress is um, a grating pain on top of my drive of not being good enough, not about to do it, not going to get it done. That push, push, push. What that does is actually um, it, it erodes and corrodes my system. And hormonally, what that does for me as a woman is it forces me into testosterone mode of do, 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 do. And then when I'm done, I come out of testosterone. But the thing is, I have such small reserves of testosterone that what I've done is I've used up my testosterone, gone into my adrenaline, used that up, gone into cortisol. And that's when everything hits the fan because my body just doesn't function well um, like that because I'm a woman. So I'm super fascinated by this, very much from a personal level. I feel like today is my day of personal coaching for my podcast. <laughs> uh, I had a guy on earlier who was like the bucket list guy who was yeah. talking about how you got to think beyond work and map out you know, the experiences and the lifestyle that you, you truly want. But what you were saying about, um, you didn't use the words hypervigilance, you used the words adrenaline, cortisol, running from a, almost a testosterone type manual to do and be effective. I certainly relate to that. And it's been very effective to get me from a place of not having an education, having two kids, needing to build my life to the point that I'm at now. However, before you think that I'm challenging you, I'm actually not. Because probably about a year ago, uh, when I was fully into my, my full-time business, I'd gotten my master's degree, my kids are now older, so, so we're in this place of somewhat, I say peace, but I continue to push myself forward. I realized that it was hard to sink into or enjoy any kind of peacetime or off time because I was still like my body felt like it was in this heightened state of cortisol adrenaline of push push what's the next thing and the inability to settle into a relationship or to really like slow down for the experiences that sort of capture the whole bit of life right so how can we and I think I've been doing some of this work over the last 18 months I would say um, but how can we as women, first of all, recognize that that's what we're doing? And secondly, and I recognize it because I started getting burnout signs. Yeah. I started getting the signs where I couldn't focus on my screen that long. My breathing was shallow. Um, my skin was breaking out. There were different things that were, were, were showing up that were kind of making me go, whoa. The, 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 the way that I've been working for so long, the impact of it is suddenly it felt somewhat different. But I know it wasn't sudden. It was probably a no, six. it was building up. It was a buildup. I mean, the way to look at it is, this was something I found out by accident, really, because I uh, remember doing a kind of a test thing, and it said I was probably 40, and it said my physical age was 57. I was like, whoa. whoa. I'm, I was, I'm really healthy. I'm like amongst the one percentile of, of sheer health, plus a bit of vodka. Um, you know, in, in, and, and so- Balance, <laughs> yeah. A balance. And I was just like, what the heck? You know, it really, really, and, and I had to sit down and learn because nobody was saying this stuff. Nobody was teaching this. And um, so the physical symptoms are very easy to spot. The physical symptoms are the thing is, oh, your skin is always dry. 
Oh, your mouth is always dry. It doesn't matter how much you drink. You always need to drink more. Um, I'm always bloated. That is a huge, huge, huge big precursor because you're, what you're saying when you're um, stressed is that that acidity causes inflammation internally. And inflammation is the precursor to every single illness in the world, every single illness, particularly debilitating massive illnesses like cancer, MS, any of those things. You know, if you, there's that fantastic guy who did that tree that I, and I never remember what it's called, but, but mm -hmm. the, you know, he did about talking about the, the, the roots and then the trunk, which leads you into the illnesses. So inflammation is what you really want to watch out for, but, but the, the, the signs come again and again and again. It's also the short term having a memory loss. That thing of, uh, yeah. I just don't remember, you Which know? Um, yeah, did I, did, did, you know, that thing. Um, I shouted for, at my kids for like two years. I think it was about two years. I literally just yelled. And that was the inability to do that. That is- to Regulate, yeah. That's stress. The other thing with stress is that you need to be, what, what happens is that when, because it's, it, I don't want to use the word addictive, but it becomes your new normal so quickly. I think addictive you know, is fair. Yeah, so when you get to a place where there's a lot of noise and the noise goes away, it's a bit confusing because you think there's something missing, right? Yes. Or if you're in a bad relationship and they move out, you still kind of miss them, even though yeah. you know that's stupid. Yeah. That's yeah. what stress is like. Because yeah. when you take away the stress, I have when I'm coaching with, with senior you know, professionals and they're coming in and I'm going, so we're going to move from stress to understanding your drive. And they're like, no, 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 but if I take it away, I won't be successful. Because oh, it feels yeah. like it's missing from your system. And once you understand that your success does not come from your stress, it comes from your drive, you, you kind of exhale and allow the drive to resurface and the stress to, to go away. Because that's like saying the donkey only walks because I whip it. You know, no, actually. And no, you are not a donkey and you don't need to be whipped to be moved. So talk us through what got you to this point. So what was the, the story or the catalyst moment for you that led you to leaving a sort of your, it sounds like a prestigious kind of law industry um, and move into your own business? Like, what did you learn? What was your own catalyst moment? Oh, very long story. Let's just pick highlights. Um, I think that um, the primary thing was that my son was uh, was allergic to his, his vaccinations when he was tiny, 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 and he ended up with an eczema patch at the end of every, you know, they have these three baby vaccinations. So one was this eczema, the second one was across the face, the third one was a kind of across his body. Um, the eczema turned into anaphylaxis, it, no, it turned into asthma, then anaphylaxis. So we spent 230 days of his first year in hospital. And it was brutal. I was a single parent. It was utterly brutal. I lost my job. I, my marriage broke up because, you know, these things just don't survive massive illnesses. He um, then reacted finally to eating something, went into anaphylactic shock, died, had to be resuscitated, went into a coma. Um, and, this is all just those early months. Yeah. And it was things like his veins were so little in intensive care that they had to put the veins in the groin because you have, the, you know, because I mean, like he was only this big. Um, and I was really young. You know, I was just so, so young. I look at it now and I'm like, my God. And I just had to find a way to deal. And so that was really hard because I was completely alone and I had no support. And I just didn't understand how to manage the process. And, and we did, and I, I did, and it got better. 
And then I, um, because, you know, the thing about being mouthy and, and determined and pushy and, and, you know, so then I remarried and then I, so, so I, I came, uh, then I, I got divorced again um, mm-hmm. with three young children under the age of seven, one of whom would die every time you left him kind of thing. And so I gave up work and um my divorce was very bad i ended up from this massive in we had we had a business that we were running um and i walked out of the the marriage and i got thrown out of the business and i ended up homeless and penniless i had 200 quid three kids on the age of seven and nowhere to go um and my family were very unhappy with me my mother was very unhappy because she was just like you know other people leave marriages and have money and they're just stupid and i was like that's not helping right now but okay you know here we are um and so I, a girlfriend gave me a room to sleep in. And so I slept on the floor. The kids slept on the bed. The baby was in a cot, so that was helpful. She didn't take very much space. Um, and God bless my girlfriend. She, I stayed there for six months because then he bankrupted me on the way out. I mean, it was just one thing after another. So it was very, very, very brutal. And my son's illness was kind of like a precursor. I, it sounds so funny to say it now because I just don't look like the kind of woman this has happened to. And it's why I say it because you never know. You just never know. Um, and I came out of that and I thought, and I was a consultant for a couple of years because I needed money instantly. And I was like, what do I do? And then I was like, I need to build something. I need to grow something. And the thing that I knew stuff about was health. I just knew about health. I made my, so, so, so during this process, I had cured my son of his eczema, cured my son of his asthma, his anaphylaxis. He hadn't had a anaphylactic episode after the age of eight. So he still gets some reactions and he's paranoid, obviously, because it's his body, yeah. but, but he just, his skin is perfect. His breathing. I mean, I think he's maybe had asthma three times in the last, I don't know, 15 years or something. Sure. And yeah. so I knew how to do that. And the joy of curing your, your, your child is that, um, they react instantly. You give them something, they're going to throw up on you now, or they're going to get fixed now. And mm-hmm. so I was, I, I, I mean, before, yeah. And before I had the baby, my fridge had pizza, champagne, and a pack of Marlboro kind yeah. of thing. So it was a big, big, big learning curve. Um, but it was good. I mean, I had all the legal skills to analyze, break it all down. And I'm like, well, why doesn't anyone tell me this? And then this. Yeah. And that. So we came out of that. And so I was, that was what I knew how to do. So I started off by, in 2007, we were the first ever company that set up a home delivery of dairy, gluten, egg, and nut-free food. Um, and that evolved to, we still are hundred percent dairy, uh, and gluten and egg free business. Um, and yeah, so Nosh came out of that. Then 2008, I brought in the first juice fasts delivery in this country. 2012, we took cold pressed juices in the supermarket and it just went on. IV drips came. So everything has come from an issue. Somebody's come in and said, I have this problem. And I thought, Hmm, I wonder how I help you fix that. And then I've created a solution. IV drips. I brought them here from LA because I was flying in and out of LA and seeing my clients in, in LA and I've got such bad jet lag. It would destroy me. And I remember being in some extremely famous actors house and one of his doctors had come around to give him injection. He's like, try this. I'm like, I'm really scared of needles. He's like, just try it. He gave me a, a shot and it was like B12 or something. And I got no jet lag. I was like, I want that. So I was like, how? so it took me about seven months to bring in IV drips in 2013. So it's always been a solution. I'm very solution driven. Um, and yeah, that's cool. I mean, amazing just to think of where you've been to where you've gotten to and that journey to, to getting you there. And you're the quintessential sort of busy, successful mother, right? 
which yep. is you've got kids, you've built your own business, um, you've scaled it. It sounds like so many things are going well for you. How do you, and I know it's the classic, like, um, well, you look after your health and that's just how it goes. And that's how I sustain success. But what's, what's it really like to um, make time, I guess, and prioritize investing in yourself while doing all of those things? Well, you know, it's something you don't learn, right? I didn't learn this until I got sick and I couldn't actually, they put me on a drip in the hospital and I couldn't pick up the kids at 3.30 from school. And I was like, shit. So your body was shutting down. Yeah. I was like, if I die, the only people that can look after my, my children are my mother or my ex-husband. And I didn't like either of those options. So I was kind of like, oh, Ready well, this, this is just... Yeah, I need to stay alive. I need to stay functional. I was saying this to the children the other day and I'm like, I feel better about dying now if I have to, because the whole concept of when you were younger, I was like, I just, you know, there was no one to look after them. So, and I'm not unique in that. You know, there were lots of people that, that couldn't. So what I did was I created, a, I did, a, I, I found that changed how I did it. So from there, I was like, all right, I'm going to change this. Now I created a system. In fact, it's on my website, if anybody wants. It's called the balance sheet technique. And what I do is I literally do this every single day. I treat every day as a profit and loss account. And then I treat the week as a balance sheet, which is very funny if you knew how much I was not a numbers person. I'm a word person, right? So Me too. I'm a numbers person. I'm a words person rather than numbers yeah. But it still is a profit and loss my brain understood and a balance sheet my brain understood that. Yeah. So what I do is every week I will kind of look at the week and I will put into every week what is a non-negotiable. So I will put in like I'm working out here. Like I don't do calls before a certain time in the morning because that's how long it takes me to meditate, journal and work out. That's it. So, and I'm not doing that. That's, it's in there. And I mean, if I have to, I will do, and then I will start work later in order to accommodate for that time. So that always goes in, which means that those are the three things that keep me going. I meditate all, the, I mean, like daily, it's just a thing like breathing. I journal and have done for years. I do morning pages, years I've done that. And I work out, I've done that for years. Um, so that was that. And then what I do is I, I have it set up so that my diet is delivered the way I need it to be. So I need to eat, and it's something that I teach, or how much X amount of fruit in a day and X amount of salad in a day. And so I just make sure that that happens. You know, other people spend money on handbags. I spent money on, 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 on food. Um, my, my, my shopping is set up to always provide the food that I'm going to eat. And my life is set up that somebody will come in and cook the food that I need them to cook or I'll have it sent from the kitchen nosh or whatever and that is always there I have an IV drip every single week because I own the company and I can but it works for me so I have that every single week and um you know my only place that I really really am bad at and I struggle is that seeing my friends I'm really crap at that and I'm naturally an, uh, an introvert um, and I spend a lot of time on TV and on stage normally, and, and I spend a lot of time with a lot of people and I struggle. Mm. Yeah. I really need time to, to, to wind down and, and time on my own. Um, so lockdown is very difficult for that. Um, and, um, normal life, I really struggle to meet my friends and spend time with them and I've had to teach myself and I'm still bad at it. Sure. sure, sure. That's, yeah. That's the bit that suffers the most. Yeah. But I just like, I miss women. I'm just like, oh my God, I need girlfriends and martinis and, and I need them now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting tough, isn't it? But what I'm hearing from you is the self-awareness piece. So there's something about knowing your body, your schedule, your mind, yeah. and then consciously putting in your non-negotiables in your week, in your day, 
And I mean, I'm guilty of my morning is my perfect time, right? That's when I work best. That's when I do everything best. But because I work best then, there's this little voice in my head that just goes, well, just do the work then because you'll get more done. Oh, but don't. Do the work on you and do then the do the work on anything else. It's, we've got to prioritize ourselves. My sole commitment, and this just sounds appalling on some level, my sole commitment is to growing personally every single day and, and knowing that I, am, that I have the body to house that transformation every day. And so that is my, like my spiritual commitment is my biggest commitment in my life. Yeah. And, and, and then I move on from there. I mean, it's so profound just, and it's so simple in a way and doesn't cost any money to start on yourself, right? And then to map things out in a different way. Um, I don't want to forget this. Before we uh, went online, we were talking about gender differences around stress. And I'm curious about how these things, I mean, well-being applies to everyone, um, but what is it specific about women? You were saying something about hormonal, our hormonal imbalance being more sensitive than men. Why is it that we need to perhaps focus our attention on this side of things even more than men? Okay, so I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm going to give my version of it and, and, sure. and, and, and tell you. So when you're looking at um, estrogen, estrogen is a very adaptogenic kind of hormone, and it kind of adapts and moves and changes. And we have so many hormone pathways in our body, right? Um, and we have hormones managing our appetite, it manages our stomach, it manages our hair, our sleep, our this or that. And the way we as women have it done is it's such a delicate balance and it moves so that when one doesn't work, the whole thing kind of comes off whack. Whereas with men, testosterone overrides so many of these things and enables men to power through. I was talking to somebody yesterday and he was saying, oh, well, my boss didn't even tell me he was sick, so he didn't turn up to a meeting. I'm like, well, maybe he was sick. Like when I got sick, it took me two hours and I couldn't move. He goes, yeah, but he's a guy. Ooh. I was, yeah, that was my face. I was like, hmm. but... In a way, he has a point. Testosterone allows you to just bludgeon through stuff and keep you going for a very long time because men have such, so many stores of testosterone because it's what they power on. And so we use, you know, to kind of peak and trough, we use testosterone, adrenaline, and those kinds of things, which we have finite stores of as women. So we get sick quicker, earlier, faster. And it's not that we are delicate. Our makeup is very delicately balanced is the way to think of it. Delicately so you balanced. need to put a lot of things in balance in order for women to function spectacularly well. And with guys, it's like this. So that's why guys tend to around 45, when they're getting sick, they kind of get sick and die, that 45 to 52 thing. Like you've seen guys who go running, they were so healthy and they died. They almost kind of hit a wall yeah. because they used and used and used and used, not replenish. And like I said, this isn't a medical thing. This is a kind of a stress test thing that I've seen. Again, and we've had like 25,000 clients come in the door. And I've seen them. And we have a lot of patients that are dying of cancer that come in, you know. And you see them and you learn. And whatever the reason behind it, women need to be taught very clearly, very early, very young, that that delicate balance is the primary reason for your being. Keep that balance going because that's what matters. So what are maybe the top three things that somebody could start with to get that balance into play? And I realize there, there's more and it's about the full balance, but what would you say are the top things to get started on? I'm, I'm just gonna say something so irritating and forgive me. The thing is that any transformation is going to be housed in the building 
and it is only as good as the yeah. building. And the building is your body. When you are sick, you learn nothing. When you are sick, you understand nothing. When you are tired, you give no shits. So if your body is not strong and powerful and healthy, you will not be able to do anything else at the best of your ability. And when you think about how good we are at, at functioning at 40%, imagine how amazing we'd be at 80%. That's a really powerful point because I sometimes think, well, I'm functioning like a badass, like I'm all over the shop and I'm winning and I'm successful. Yes, oh, I hear that all the time. Right. Sometimes I feel exhausted. Some of the symptoms that you said around bloating, around dry skin, around a dry throat, even though I'm drinking, like some of those things are definitely in play at times and I'm winning at life. Right. And I feel like I'm achieving in all of that. But what you're saying is great. That's your 40%. Imagine if you invested in that house, as you call it, that sort of temple that, that allows you to do all those things. Imagine what 80% looks like, what 90%, what 100%, not just in work, but in life. I am so much better at what I do on the days that I work out and I meditate and I journal the day, because I'm showing up in alignment, you know? So, and that's part of well, what we do as well is like people will come in and we'll do a lot. I mean, like come in on the phone, we'll do a life balance assessment. And that's the time when people, I mean, we, we have, oh, I, because like with women, it's always about weight loss. And women come in going, I'm not having good relationships. I need to actually lose weight. I'm like, from where? Your fingers? Yeah, do, do you know what I mean? Or we'll cut your hair. That'll bring you down a kilo or two. You know? That's so conditioning just, as well though, isn't it? The pressure Massively, massively yeah. you know? So it's just really, really important to understand that um, your power, your strength, your confidence comes from literally your physical state. If you keep your physical state, which you can comfortably do at 80% or more, which is what I do on a regular basis. I mean, I get sick. If I'm getting sick, I'm out. And then it'll take me one, two, three days and I'll come back. It's your immune system. Yeah. It just does. But if you keep your health at 80%, you soar. I am always more successful and I make more money when I am healthier, because then I'm calmer, I'm more peaceful, but my drive doesn't go away. I mean, how amazing. Uh, that's a perfect place to end. What a great reminder for me. Gita, where can people find you if they want to find out more or work alongside you? Oh, please, just info at noshdetox.com. Come and have a look at noshdetox.com. You can sign up for having a life balance assessment. You can come and hang out with us. We love to talk to you. You don't have to be a client. You just ring us up and go, I don't know what to do about this. And we're, we're, we're always there. And we're open six days a week. So we're very happy to speak to you. And you're still rocking out during COVID-19. when it, We are. God bless them all. Yeah. 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 I think people are at the stage where if they have to cook anymore, they're going to shoot someone. I think and this is where we come in. Perfect. It's better than the pizza delivery. So I'm all in. I'll be checking it out. Um, we'll put all those details into the show notes. Gita, thank you so much for your time. And look after yourself. Thank you for the lessons. Thank you for having Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.